everyone, I'm Brittany, and welcome to Season 2 of the Reclusive Blogger Interviews. For Episode 1, I sat down with Americana artist Nathan Gray. We chatted about his upcoming tour with his band Nathan Gray and the Iron Roses, his decades-long career in industry sustainability, and his recent collaborations with Timoth Ilrath and Frank Turner. We also talked about his latest release, Rebel Songs, and so much more. And it's a little bit. It's about. It's got a countdown going. Okay. And um, my first question is, um, how are you doing today? So let's start out with that. If we can start out there, sure. <laughs> I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> doing pretty well. I just, um, I'm actually feeling great because I, I got my booster recently, and so for the past couple of days, I felt horrible. But today, mm. stellar. Feeling great. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I got my booster shot, like, um, I think it was like, I don't know, it was like a couple weeks ago. I don't uh, think it's been a month. And those first few days were really, really rough for me. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a rough couple of days. It wasn't as bad mm-hmm. as the second shot that I got, but it seems to have lasted longer. Mm-hmm. Like the effects, so. Um, for me, it was each shot just kept getting worse. And I was just like, <laughs> Oh no! I just wanted. I was just like, uh, not not handling this too well. But um, right, it's it's you know, I I know COVID is worse. So sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's lesser of two evils. Right, right, uh, right. But it doesn't make it any more fun. It's just, no, no. no. <laughs> um, I guess my next question is: uh, Let's talk about your start in music. How did you? get started making music and was it always in your life? Oh yeah. I mean, it was always in my life. I I can remember back when I was like six, seven, eight, somewhere in there, uh, going through my parents' record collection. Um, At that time, it was a lot of old folk music, Bob Dylan, uh, Simon and Garfunkel, and a lot of old musicals like Man of La Mancha and Les Mis, things of that nature. But but I was very interested in music at that time and going through it. Um, and I think my first foray into actually playing music, though, was in high school, probably like 10th grade, just getting together with friends and seeing what noises we can make. <laughs> I figure um, when you're when you're listening to punk rock, you know, you're like, oh, well, anybody can do that, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, what were kind of like? Uh, what were the bands that kind of shaped your um, listening uh, when you were like first forming those uh, when you were um, playing as a teen? Um, definitely, the Clash and yeah. the Ramones were two mm-hmm. huge ones. I mean it's hard to be in a punk band and not have those two mm-hmm. influences. You know what I mean? So those, yeah. those were the big ones. Um, I guess my next, cause you mentioned that when you were um, like around seven or eight, you were really, that was kind of your uh, first uh, intro to music. What, do you have like a 
specific uh, music memory that uh, that you kind of can hone in on that was that was really big for you? Uh, I have several, but I think like, um, you know, the first time I heard Simon and Garfunkel was a big thing for me, like the harmonies and the melody mm -hmm. to it. And I think honestly, that really stuck with me through getting into punk rock. And I wasn't really interested in bands that weren't also a little catchy. You know what I mean? If they didn't mm -hmm. have those harmonies and that hooky chorus, I was like, yeah, I don't care about this, you know, which is exactly why I got into the Ramones and the Clash. They were, you know, they had that raw edge to them, but at the same mm -hmm. time, there was a melody. It, it caught you, you know, um, but also at the same time, you know, first hearing some of those early musicals like West Side Story or Man of La Mancha and the emotion behind the songs was huge for me. And that really left a, a mark on how I write music. Um, I guess my next question would be um, your, I guess we can move on to uh, your, your album right now. Let's talk about mm -hmm. the, the album. Um, when you were writing uh, Rebel songs, um, did your, uh, was, was the songwriting different or was it um, the same as you normally, you normally go into songwriting? It, a lot of it was the same just because you get sort of stuck in doing things a certain way. But past sort of the setup of doing an album, it was vastly different. Um, you know, I had done a couple of albums before this solo wise. And when I got into Rebel Songs, it was really time for me to expand what I was doing. And so having that melodic punk sensibility and that thing that I do all the time, I was like, you know, what can I bring into this that's going to differentiate it from all the other stuff out there? And I think besides the message that I was bringing on this album, I think there's also, you know, I, I experimented with a lot, with uh, reggae, with hip hop, with styles of music that I've never put on anything in my life. And it took a lot of... I mean, obviously I've always appreciated this music, but it's never been something I've tried to do. So when you get into that, there's a lot of research to be done. And not only that, but you find other people who you know who are hip hop artists, reggae artists, people who know the music. Um, and I would send them what I was doing and go, hey, make sure I don't sound like an idiot. All right, like, you know what I mean? Like, and just tell me if I'm not doing it right, then I won't do it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I got a positive feedback from all of my friends and they're like, no, this sounds great. You're doing it right. Keep going. Cool. That's all I need to hear, you know? And so it was, there, you know, for a solo artist, it was, it was a very communal effort uh, of bouncing ideas off of friends and having them help me in that writing process to bring in all these other forms of not only politically based music, but joyful music. Music that's very positive and uplifting, while at the same time pointing out uh, inadequacies in the system that we live in. Um, would you say that your? I, I know that you also um, have voice um, sets fire. Would you say that your songwriting uh, process is is different when you work on that project? Mm. It's very different from that because I think with voice sets fire it was more of a band atmosphere to where mm -hmm. um, it's, it's like a democracy. You know what I mean? Everybody mm -hmm. has to 
put in a little bit to every song. Not one person writes a song and not one person gets their way, which is sort of why I went solo, you know, because <laughs> yeah. I got sick of that process. It was like, look, I have songs that I want to be exactly how I want them. Mm -hmm. And I can't do that within that setting. So starting something just called Nathan Gray, there you go. It all lands, it all starts and begin and ends with my name. So I get to say what's what. <laughs> mm -hmm. In terms of when you were, um, in terms of the lyrics, do you think there's a specific lyric from the album that you think is most timely for right now? Um, let me think. I think that um, I, I love playing this song live. And I think that when uh, I get to this part of the song, it, it creates a, a vibe, an atmosphere for the whole set. And it is in the song Rebel songs, uh, the music's not a product you sell. It's a reason to believe. It's a movement to save yourself. And I think that that really sets the atmosphere for this album. You know, no matter what I'm talking about, whether it's personal issues, political issues, social, and let's be honest, the personal's political, the political's personal, it's all mm -hmm. interwoven. Mm -hmm. uh, but when you state that your art isn't a product, it's not a McDonald's cheeseburger, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? It is, it's something important. It's something that we all share together that makes those political topics and those social topics so much more meaningful and so much more personal to people. Mm -hmm. um, I meant, you mentioned being, um, when you're playing live shows, um, I know you have a, a 2022 tour coming up mm -hmm. in February and March. What are you most excited yeah. about? Uh, I would say I'm most excited about getting out on the road with a full band because I just did a tour uh, with Frank Turner in the U.S., but mm -hmm. we had to cut it to just a couple people and more acoustic-like. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be nice to get out with a full band, drums and everything, like really powering through these songs instead of doing acoustic versions of them. But, I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, just being out and playing music in front of other human beings is just, there's nothing like it. So it's, uh, it, it'll be very, very nice, no matter what, to just get that done. Um, to kind of go on what you were saying when you were, um, when you mentioned that prior you were playing the songs uh, more acoustically, was there much um, that you had to do when rearranging the songs? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> in terms of, okay, yeah. How, yeah, how yeah. was that process like? It was it was interesting because also we didn't have a lot of time. Uh, when Frank got in touch with me, it was about a couple weeks before the tour was starting. They uh, he actually had a uh, a support act already for it, and they dropped off the tour. So it was like last minute notice. Hey, can you do it? And can you do it acoustic? And uh, sure, why not? Let's try it. You know so. <laughs> getting together and trying to even imagine what that looks like. And what it ended up being was an acoustic guitar and another friend on um, electric guitar with playing with effects. And we, we played very loosely with the term acoustic, you know? And, um, <laughs> yeah. and it, was, it was really fun to do because when we got up there, we presented the same energy as if the whole band were there, jumping mm -hmm. around, throwing the mic stand around, just acting like lunatics and having a great time. 
And I think that that is, I think what actually really helped us on that tour to get people to pay attention to what we were doing is that they saw that we were an acoustic act, but we weren't just standing there like playing an acoustic guitar and singing sweet mm -hmm. songs. We were, there was a message behind it. There was a mission behind it. And there was a real joy behind what we do. Um, what was it like um, sharing, uh, uh, opening up and sharing the stage with Frank uh, Turner? Amazing. Absolutely incredible. It's, um, he is, what I, I gave a speech almost every night about, you know, it's sharing how awesome Frank was with his fans, you know, because mm -hmm. I think sometimes uh, fans get a little scared, and I do myself of mm -hmm. who that person really is you know what i mean because yeah, we've all yeah. we've all unfortunately met those people who did not live up to what yeah. they said you know and it's like and you have such high hopes and then you meet them and go oh no and i've even opened up shows where like i have to be very careful about what i'm saying because the mm -hmm. headliner isn't actually the greatest person in the world and i don't really want to support them but you know we're playing a show um so it's uh, it was cool to be on a stage to be able to announce the headliner and be really excited about it and be happy that the message this person was putting out to the world and was real. And that and then and then to see like Frank Turner fans are incredible. Like I just they blow me away. Like they're just so dedicated and so um, just there's something different about mm -hmm. a Frank Turner audience. They're just, they're, it's amazing to see. And to know that there's a reason why they're so committed to it, you know? And that mm -hmm. it makes sense, you know what I mean? And that, and that I can share in that experience and go, you're right, he's awesome, you know, like. Yeah, uh-huh. Mm -hmm. uh, Speaking, since you, we were on tour, do you have any tour must-haves? Oh, lots of water. <laughs> That's it. It's funny, like, yeah. but yeah, but it's true. Like, it's uh, it's the most important thing that you can have on tour. Mm -hmm. And coffee, but mostly water. <laughs> yeah, you have to stay hydrated, especially if you're yes. singing a lot. Um, oh, yeah. That's the, that's the first thing that'll kill your voice. Um, number one, uh, drinking lots of water. And number two, honestly, Staying away from alcohol as much as possible. Uh, getting getting drunk and stupid is the first thing that will also just annihilate your voice and will keep you from putting on a proper show. Um, I guess my next question would be, uh, I would like to talk about you working with um, produce, the producer um, Brian Mick. I want to get his name right. I don't want to say it wrong. McTurnin or McTiernan? Yeah. I don't want. No, no, okay. McTurnin. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, McTurnin. Yep. Uh, it it was awesome. It, it's funny because I have known his brother for a very long time, and uh, he played in a band called Damnation, and uh, Boys and Fire played shows with them, and I've just known him through the scene for a very long time. Mm -hmm. uh, but I I had never met Brian, which is weird because he produced a bunch of albums. I know I. I should have met him, but never did. And it was sort of funny to sit in the studio with him and talk about that. Like we've all been part of the same scene and crossing paths mm -hmm. for so long. It's weird that we never met up. But um, on top of that, 
being able to be in the studio with someone like Brian and someone as knowledgeable as he is, uh, while also having that connection through the roots that we have. So mm -hmm. he's got this incredible pedigree, you know what I mean, of like all these huge bands that he's produced, but at the same time, he gets what I'm trying to do. So when we got into a room, there was no argument or issue. It was just, I would do what I want to do. And at the same time, mm -hmm. if he had something to say and like, hey, you should do this, try this chord, try this, I could trust where he was coming from because he, he knew what I was trying to do. And it was just, it was the perfect match. And I honestly, I couldn't see working with anyone else in the future. It was more like um, a collaboration rather than uh, a producer coming in saying like, you should do this and this and there's Correct. my answer is the only answer. That was yes. great. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. He, um, he came in as another part of the band and it was just, it worked out so perfectly. Um, I, since you mentioned the band, I, that was a question I wanted to ask mm -hmm. um, earlier. Um, how did you put your band together? I thought the whole way that the, that you're, you work with your, the band that you are coming up that you're going to work with for the tour. I like that. That was really cool. Awesome. We, so when I got everyone together, there's, there's a lot that needs to go into putting a band together. Um, and I think that, I mean, for me, obviously not everybody follows this type of thing, but I, I, with the message that I put forth, if I do not show that, in the band that I bring on the road, I'm sort of full of shit, you know, at the end of the day. So, um, you know, when, when you have songs about uh, being inclusive and you have certain songs about certain topics, you better show that in your own life. So mm -hmm. uh, bringing people into the band that were not white, that were not male, that were not cisgendered, that, you know, was an important part. And I went out actively trying to find people that would fit with the message that I was giving out. And not only that, but it was very important to me to sit down with each of these people and point out exactly how we were to behave as a band on, a on the road. I've been on the road for a very long time and I've seen bands act poorly and I've seen bands act well. And I want to be a band that acts well, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so to sit down with, um, with members in the band and be like, look, we are here for music. We're here to play music. We're not here to get drunk. We're not here to mm -hmm. hook up. We're not here to do stupid things like this. This is what we're here to do. Um, and, and not only that, but sort of get ahead of issues that, you know, basically lay it out. For, for people in a band because we've seen so many things go wrong where people have been sexually assaulted uh, by band members, uh, things of that nature, or, or um, well, to that point, uh, sitting down with band members and say, look, this is how this works. Okay. If any of this happens, you get left on the side of the road. You know what I mean? This, okay. is, this is not a joke. This is not okay. We do not treat our fans this way. We do not treat our friends this way. And this will immediately get you ousted. I will not protect you from any of this. If, if someone comes forward and says something about you, done. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so it's, it's, it's important to set those rules, set those guidelines within a band, I think. Not only just to express diversity, but also to let people know that they are worth protecting. Uh, my audience is here because of me. You know, they've been following me for a very long time. So mm -hmm. if I betray them in any way with the people that I bring on the road, if they do not represent what I'm putting out there, then I've messed up. And that's my fault. Yeah, that, that I like that. That was a um, really good answer. Um, Thank you. You're fostering uh, a safe and uh, safe community for not only your fans, but the people that you hire. So, yeah, and I, it's important not... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Like, no, I was just going to say, I've, I've heard some really uh, bad horror stories from not only uh, people that go on tour, but just from people that are photographers like myself. I also do photography. And uh -huh. it's just kind of sad that in today's world, 2021, that we still have to work on things like this. Yeah, it's very true. And it should be something that we all get ahead of. You know, mm -hmm. um, like I'm saying, it, it shouldn't be something that you find out on the road. You know what I mean? That mm -hmm. someone in your band is doing something shady. This should mm -hmm. be something that is a set rule right up front that this will not be tolerated. Um, I think that, and, and you know, I think also there's something to be said for having people in the band that don't look like me. Uh, for mm -hmm. other people who come to these shows who don't look like me. Maybe, you know, we, we speak on these very personal and deep issues that sometimes people want to come up and talk to us about that. And maybe they don't feel comfortable talking to me about it. Mm -hmm. Maybe they find someone to talk to in my band that they know might, might more identify with them. Mm -hmm. And that's important. If you're creating music that you want to create a mission with, that you want people to identify with, then bring people with you that people can identify with where they can mm -hmm. feel safe and they can be, feel respected and they can feel heard. And also using your platform to just bring on, as you were saying, all types of people and to elevate mm -hmm. all types of people who normally may not get those opportunities because they're at a disadvantage for whatever reason. Yes, absolutely. Um, I guess my next question is, um, how did you uh, come? How did you get the collabor? How did you um, get the collaboration going with um, Rise Against Tim McIlrath? Because that I really like that song. Yeah, yeah, it was it was cool. Because um, so way back in the day, like in two thousand one, <laughs> it's funny that that's way back in the day now. But uh, two thousand one, <laughs> um, Voices Fire went on tour, and uh, the opening band for this big tour was Rise Against. No one knew who they were. They're this tiny little band that like people barely watched them. It was, it was funny. Cause like, and I've known Tim since then, like, and it was, mm -hmm. it was really cool to watch them go from like a little punk band. Nobody knew who they were to playing arenas out of nowhere, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So when, when I wrote rebel songs, uh, I was thinking about doing a collaboration with, with someone. And I was like, I think Tim would be perfect for this, you know, but, but I knew th they were in the process of getting nowhere generation out. And I was like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't bother him with it, but I'm gonna. So I, I called him up and, and asked him if he'd be willing to, to do it. And he, he, he did. 
And to his credit, he did everything in his power to work around all the stuff he had going on to make this happen. And that has been a real cool, it's been a blessing to meet people like, well, not just me, but to know people like Tim or Frank for so many years and to have them do cool things like that for me. You know what I mean? To like, mm-hmm. to sort of, um, I don't know, to, to help out when they don't have to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like people like that don't need to help me. You know, they've got mm-hmm. enough on their plate. They've got enough going on and they're huge and making plenty of money and doing their thing. But for them to do that because it's special to them, it's meaningful to them, mm-hmm. that it means the world. So it's just great. Um, How did the music video, how'd you get the music video? Um, How did that come to fruition? Um, which one? <laughs> uh, oh, the, the the one with um, Tim. Oh, with Tim. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, so it was. I went to uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, with uh, two of the guys that helped me with this album, uh, Gene and Derek, and they shot my part of it, and me then too. we sent sort of a template to Tim. And he had a friend up in Chicago help mm-hmm. shoot his stuff. And then their creative minds, however they do it, just put it mm-hmm. all together, you know? So mm-hmm. um, whether it was him, so, and Brian helped me with sending out the the music to him so he could, you know, it's, it's such a jumbled mess when you're trying to do something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, it worked out great because I have a great team. And they're always willing to help and 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 help me do things that I don't quite understand how they work. So mm-hmm. that's how that works. <laughs> yeah, that, I thought that uh, that was cool how you they were able to kind of work that one out because it was yeah. pro- it was probably filmed during pandemic, right? Yeah, and it was okay. it was like okay, find an alley that looks sort of like this one and walk down it singing. You know what I mean? <laughs> and um, and yeah, it was difficult, and you had to find um people like the the people who were dancing in it and all that stuff like mm-hmm. get everybody tested get everybody you know what i mean like mm-hmm. make sure everybody's at their vaccine yada yada you know and um and so it's it's difficult but it's doable you know mm-hmm. um i guess i'd like to uh ask a few kind of like fun questions okay. uh uh what's your favorite podcast or or playlist that you're listening to right now Oh, that's a hard one because I don't normally listen to many podcasts, to be honest. Um, I I sort of come across them here and there, but the issue, and and the issue is, is not that, like I get, people will send me podcasts all the time. Like, Hey, you should check this one out or you should Mm -hmm. listen to this playlist or something like that. And I am so just like, like crazy ADD all over the place mm-hmm. that I can never sit through anything, even if I'm enjoying it and I'm constantly moving. So every time I try to go and listen to something, it's like, oh, now I have to do this. Oh, I forgot. Wait, I'm listening to something. Wait, no, I got to do this. Like, <laughs> so I get, I get very distracted very easily. And mm-hmm. so I, it, it's very hard for me to um, concentrate on something like that. Okay. Um, I, well then, uh, I have another one, another question. Uh, do you have like a top album or song from this year? Ooh, from this year. Uh-huh. 
Let me think. I think that um, I might have to check to see. No, it's definitely from this year. But um, I would say I don't want to pick one song. I want to pick mm-hmm. an artist. And it's not even one album. And I, I don't know if you've heard of this guy, but Toby Nwigwe, um is not. Please, please look him up. Uh, he has changed the complete game. It's insane. Like um, he, he and his family, he's, he's a hip hop artist and he and his family have um, just reimagined the whole game. Like I, I'm not even sure, like there's some albums, I guess, but they're like sort of cut up EPs here and there. If you look mm-hmm. on uh, Apple, but if you go onto Instagram and just explore Toby Nwigwe, like the mm-hmm. music is incredible. Um, his message is incredible and the positivity. And when you go in there and you see the millions of people that follow this guy and realize he did every single bit of this on his own, wow. it's all DIY. It's all on his own. Like it blows me away on a daily basis that this, wow. that him and his, and I don't even want to say just him, him and his family created this, this brand around what wow. he does that has just exploded. And you, you'll see like he just did a tour and did some concerts and it's mm-hmm. just a sea of people. Blows me away every time, but he, he deserves every minute of it. The, the hard work that they put in on this and his music is just stellar. It's, it's next level. Brilliant. Okay, I'll have to check that. I'll check him it's, out. It's um, crazy. T O B E N W I G W E, I believe. Okay, I mean, I'm, I'm typing it. Nuigwe. Okay, I got it. Okay, cool. Um, so that that would be my artist of 2021. Like, just phenomenal, and was a very big influence on me when I was writing rebel songs with a lot of the mm-hmm. hip hop stuff that I was doing. It was very influenced by, by what he does. Okay. I, I mean, that's the first time I've been stumped on an artist and like uh, some of my uh, interviews I've been doing. So a lot of times mm-hmm. I know a lot of the artists that they mentioned, but that's probably been the first time. Uh, let's see. If you got a chance to write a song based off a piece of pop culture, uh, what would you choose and why? Hmm. I have to figure out what I know of pop culture as a 49 year old man. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, I, I would be uh, shocked if I knew anything about pop culture right now. Um, I think the only thing that I know about anything probably comes from my kids. Like, playing video games or whatever, or watching things on YouTube. And even then I don't completely understand any of it, which is fine. You know what I mean? I find, mm-hmm. I find that a lot of times if I don't get it, I just go, that's just something not meant for me. You know? <laughs> and, and I move on. Um, honestly, I would be bent to try to figure out what even is pop culture right now. I'm not even sure I know. Well, I guess it could be something from old, uh, old from it doesn't matter what uh, year, I guess. So it can be anything. Cool. Well, then I'd end up dating myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back in my I'm, day. <laughs> well, I'm not as as young as I, I as I look, so 
sometimes a lot of this stuff today I'm like I don't understand it so right right, right. it took me a while to get TikTok so I'm, I still don't right. completely Same. understand it I still don't understand TikTok I don't get it at all um so I'm just like okay right, so. right right and I can't imagine like something in pop culture that I would write a song about because the thing is is that if you write something positive about pop pop culture it's a little weird but it's also if you write something negative about it it's also a little suspect because you sound like that like cranky old man yelling at a cloud you know what i mean like (laughs) nobody wants to hear your take on pop culture you know what i mean at my age like honestly no one wants to hear uh me acting like the hey kids me too or has had me sound like the guy that's going, get off my lawn. You know what I mean? So Yeah, that's true. Eh, I don't know. (laughs) Um, I guess my last question would, uh, my last questions would be, um, last time you felt like a kid. Yeah. Last time I felt like a kid, it it would have to be getting on stage every time, every Mm -hmm. time getting up on that stage. Like, I mean, I feel, I love recording, you know what I mean? But there is nothing like getting on a stage in front of people, whether it's 500 or five people, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Getting up on a stage in front of people and and proving yourself, you know what I mean? Like getting mm-hmm. up there and going, this is me, this is what I do, like it or not, here I am, is when I feel like a kid. That's, I mean, I, I lose like 20 years. Like I just like... The energy mm-hmm. comes back, the, you know, the drive, the, the joy, the, you know, it's just, I feel like a kid again. And it's just, it's a brilliant feeling every time. And I guess my, my last question, cause um, I won't take up too much of your time today. I, don't, I actually don't know how, uh, how much, um, how long I have, but. Um, you have as much time as you need. Okay. Um, uh, what's next on the horizon for you? Next on the horizon, uh, well, obviously my tour in February and March mm-hmm. that I'll be doing in the U.S. Um, but also I will be doing, um, I, I have a couple of shows coming up now. So mm-hmm. this Friday is the record release for Rebel Songs. And mm-hmm. I'm doing an online set. It's an acoustic online set that'll be very comparable to what I did on the Frank Turner tour. Um, that people can still, if they want to go buy a ticket for it, you still can on my on my Instagram or Facebook, um, mm-hmm. but I'll be playing Friday, uh, doing that, and then on the twentieth and the twenty first, I'll be playing live shows in New York and Boston with a band called Piebald, um, and that'll be it for this year. Uh, and then next year, I'll just be full on pushing this album as hard as I feasibly can. Cause as you may know, releasing an album in December, mid December mm-hmm. is sort of suicide. You know, <laughs> this was supposed <laughs> to come out in November. So it wasn't supposed to happen like this. So it's put me in a really tight spot this year, but I really feel that if I kick open the gates in January, I, I really think I can redeem this. And I, that's what I'm really going to be shooting for is just, pushing this as hard as I feasibly can. Okay, that, I, it was great talking to you and everything. You too. Um, Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And, and, and to that point that I was saying, 
having interviews like this and having people care mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. talking to me is part of that whole process of, of, of getting people alerted to what I do. And I thank you so mm -hmm. much for doing that for me. Oh, no, you were really fun to talk to. It was great hearing about all the different sides of music and everything. Um, good luck with the album and everything. And um, I will let you know when this uh, drops and everything. Awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you. Uh, uh, have a great rest of the day. You as well. Take care. Take care, too. Bye. Bye. Hi, guys. It's Brittany here. If you're anything like me and were a bit hesitant or unsure of where or how to start a podcast, then Anchor is the best way to go. I got my podcast up and running in no time. And Anchor provides everything you need in one place. All you need to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All the tools, as I said before, are in the app or online including recording, which you can do on the go. Anchor will even distribute your podcast, and yes, you can even monetize. So if you're looking for a good place to start, then download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started and get your idea off the ground. Thanks for listening to the first episode of season two. And I'd like to thank Nathan for taking the time out, particularly since it was around the holidays. And stay tuned for more fascinating conversations and music. Thank you so much for tuning in and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. See you in the next episode.